Yo, what's good? Thank you for listening to Can We Keep It Real podcast. If you want to be a guest or for promotional information, hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. Now let's get back to the program. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Mikey. How you doing, man? And I'm dropping that shit. What's going on? Yo, public service announcement. If you guys got a no contact order against you, a restraining order, man, stay away. Listen to what that order is. But if you're curious of to what rights you have and what rights you don't have, check out this episode right now. We're gonna I'm gonna break it down. Protection of order, what it means, the consequences, all that shit, man. Cause you know I'm your boy and I talk that shit. But an order of protection is pretty much taken out on any person that causes someone's life to change. In regard to a single person, pretty much who took the order out. If they have a limitation of how they may act and talk, no violent behavior, but even in passing, may occur when around a protected order at anyone that will have direct contact with during the order of protection. Once the order no longer exists, expires, or expunges, the affected people pretty much are free to act and speak as they wish, provided they don't violate the law. So what is an order of protection? Has anybody even explained it to you when you were given an order of protection? It could change in detail pretty much depending on the state, that the person takes it out in, but really, whatever the general circumstances are of the order when a person faces harassment or someone gets assaulted, there's violent behavior, domestic, someone's abused, or it could be someone that stalks or terrorizes somebody. The order taken out through the court system is going to prevent that person from violent And non-peaceful interactions, pretty much for the duration of however long the order is. An order of protection can be a lifesaver to somebody. But it ensures that a person shall be protected to have little or no interaction with the target of the order. So the impact of the order is big. A single order of protection, it could last up to two years. The people that are protected by the orders, they include pretty much whoever took out the order and his or her extended family, children, grandchildren, and you can also add any close friends on there. Sometimes the order may require a certain amount of distance, so many feet, to stay away from that person. The person that's affected by this may not have any ability to send messages to friends or even loved ones. This also involves phone calls, letters in the mail, text messages, chat messages, email. Even if you're an inmate and you have a protection order against somebody and they come and visit you, you technically are in violation of that order and can be violated and have Time added to your sentence. I see it all the time. People get visits. 
and they actually were told not to contact that person, and they're like, oh, but they contacted me. Yeah, but they'll say, yeah, but you should have informed the correctional officer that, you know, you have no contact order against that person, and turn down the visit. I mean, that's some fuckery shit, but pretty much that's how the system works. Some states have fewer limitations, and some states just have ridiculous limitations. I mean, a protective order has a lot of impacts. If the victim of the order, say, lives at the house of the person that's being served, they may require the other person to leave. And this pretty much means that the person that has the, the order of protection against him he may need to go live somewhere else away from the victim. And that's really tough with with parents getting to a, a little argument. You have a protection order. Does it really need it? No. Can't see your children. Can't see your grandchildren. I mean, so what do you do? You have to wait till the order's over. Now you have to take a residence somewhere else. The person with the order on him has no opportunity or ability to own a weapon also. If you have one of these orders against you, they're going to take your firearms and they're probably not going to give them back. And you can't fish. You can't hunt depending on the order against you. You're going to have housing problems, employment. It's going to be difficult to get with the order. Non-citizens may see green cards or visa statuses revoked if they had one of these protection orders placed on them. You could lose your citizenship. Fighting against the order of protection. Because the order may affect some relationship problems, but the ability to maintain housing or employment and just standing in the community, the individuals may need to fight against the order. If he's not present at the time, the order stated to a judge, when the victim affected individuals may need to hire a lawyer. And really, you gotta at least make an attempt to expunge it from your record. You don't want a protection order on your record. The evidence of domestic violence or abuse, that could really lack some power. And the victim of the order could, could show a judge that he has no involvement in attacking or harming you in any way. So you can fight these orders. It's important to remain calm and peaceful though during this whole friggin' process. Don't lose your head and show that you need this order. And again, the advice I gave everybody from the jump, no matter what it is, make sure you hire a lawyer to refute this evidence and refute the alleged victim. Sometimes the person that, that files the order has to gather evidence, the proof. Or sometimes you have to gather evidence to prove your innocence. You can include that witnesses, maybe an alibi. If they say the time that you attacked them. Or you can get character witnesses to explain that you are not violent. Or that the attack was in self-defense. Or that the attack never even happened. And you also got to get legal support. After hiring a lawyer, you're going to have to explain the situation that led to this protection order. 
You may also need to detail how it affects your life negativity. And you also gotta detail, you have to have good reasons that may refute the order. And try to get this order dismissed. But you definitely can fight in order of protection. And just do what you have to do. If you have an order of protection against you, or you put an order of protection against somebody, man, I hope this podcast segment really helped you out. Any other problems you want me to talk about, hit me up. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. Almost everything's on the record. I'll talk about just about anything that's going to help people, that's going to bring news. I'm your boy, man. It's your boy, Mikey. This is Can We Keep It Real? Yo, keep it real, keep it authentic, and keep it a hundred. And when we come right back, we're going to talk about how domestic violence can affect a divorce case. And also, firearms denied after domestic violence charges. It's your boy and we out. Another thing you see come up all the time. What if the witness refuses to testify? Are the charges dropped? I mean, to answer the question really probably depends on the state and what the circumstances are involved in the case. Now, I am not a lawyer, but I think I can cover these questions probably as good as as a lawyer. There are a lot of freaking reasons why the state may decide to move forward with a case. Even when a witness don't even want to testify anymore. Or if the state thinks that that witness isn't even going to show up to court. Or they're going to be uncooperative. Even if the witness don't show up in court and is available at the time of the trial, the state can use their testimony if they testify, say, in a preliminary hearing. Now, what a good defense attorney would do, in my opinion, is don't cross-examine the witness in the preliminary hearing. The difference if you cross-examine someone in a preliminary hearing, that testimony can be used without them testifying in the trial itself because you have the right to cross-examination. So if you don't cross-examine that witness at the preliminary hearing, then you have the right to cross-examine that witness at the trial. So remember, it's probably best not to cross-examine a witness at the preliminary hearing. Especially if you think, like, it's an assault case and, say, you know, your girl's testifying against you and and the state thinks they're going to hook back up together. A good defense attorney, he just won't cross-examine a witness at a preliminary hearing. Especially if you think that there's a chance that that witness is not going to show up at trial. So if he he does cross-examine a witness, then they can use that testimony at trial if the witness doesn't show up. But in order for the state to really use prior testimony, the witness really has to be considered legally unavailable. And some states, really, that is under federal law, and it pretty much dependent on the court that is handling the case. But to be legally unavailable, the witness has to be outside of jurisdiction limits, physically, mentally, or disabled unavailable, or really to, to invoke the privilege that prevents the prosecution from forcing the witness to testify.
And the prosecution really has the responsibility of making a good faith to secure the victim's testimony. If the defendant caused the witness not to be available, the victim's statement may be admitted in that case. If the state doesn't want to submit the victim's testimony, and he has the, the testimony from the preliminary trial read during the trial. If the defendant is facing misdemeanor offenses, there is often in that case no preliminary hearing. So this reasoning really wouldn't work in them situations. And another case where the prosecution won't even need the victim's testimony, if he made a 911 call that was recorded, and the recording can be made available for the court. Such a 911 call may provide an immediate report of what resulted in criminal charges, such as declaring that the defendant was hitting the victim, was threatening the victim, was causing harm to the victim. While this is really not sworn testimony, it really can be provided as pretty much explanation facts surrounding what the case is about. But out-of-court statements are pretty much offered to assess the truth of the matter. Is it hearsay or not? But there are several expectations. One is utterance. Other witness available. If there's another reason why the state may decide to move forward with a case, even when the victim don't even want to, because another witness can testify about what ended up happening. A neighbor's friend, maybe a colleague, or somebody that just witnessed the abuse or witnessed the crime. But some victims do not want to relive the situation. They don't want the embarrassment of going through it all over again. And some other evidence facts, if an eyewitness isn't available, maybe the state can submit other evidence to establish the original facts. Sometimes the victim had medical treatment and there's pictures of the abuse. That could be submitted as evidence. There could be video recordings of what happened. Maybe from somebody passing by. Everybody has a video camera in their hand now. There is some controversy about submitting such forms of evidence and some states really support the argument that these documents are hearsay statements. But other courts had said there's no statements. So there is no hearsay. See the issue that, that really becomes. Over here with, with video and pictures. It's a matter of really establishing a foundation of evidence. Now protection orders. Some victims. Do not testify because they're afraid of the defendant. And they got like they get a protection of order against the defendant. In order to prevent future contact with him. While it's really not so different for couples to fix their relationship after and after somebody gets hit or someone's arrested for a for assault. You see it all the time. They are subject to protection order. They can find themselves in legal trouble if they violate the order. They ask the court for help and then they defy the instructions regarding the protection order. But intimidating a witness 
to try to get him not to testify, that can cause additional legal problems or challenges to arise. I mean, another thing you realize, just because someone involved in the case don't want to testify, don't assume that the case is going to stop because the victim no longer wants to testify against him. The state's going to pick up the charges anyway. They'll make it critical that the defendant better seek legal counsel to protect his rights. Like I tell everybody, always get legal counsel. You always have to protect your rights, man. I hope that I, I entered everything today, man. I've been on this roll. Like, I covered probation, what a judge's role is. No low contender rate. The difference between a conviction and a non-conviction. Yo, I talk that shit. Yo, let me know what you want to talk about. Get at me. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. And share this content, especially if you know someone that's going to be entering jail, someone that maybe got arrested and they're going through the court system. Maybe it's you yourself and you want to know what is your protection? What rights do you have? What privileges do you have that's going to prevent people from testifying against you? Defenses to eyewitnesses. I mean, I pretty much covered it all. What do you need to hear? I'm your boy Mikey, man, and we be back, yo. Special bonus criminal justice episodes. Hey, thanks for sticking around, keeping it real. How you doing? It's your boy Mikey, man, on this special July 21st episode. Looking into your straight criminal justice all week, all day, man. The last one I dropped was pretty much talking about an order of protection. Right now, what happens if, can you drop the order of protection? Say if you get back together with the person that issued it. Is it possible to drop it based on some circumstances? Can the judge or another judge, will they still need to evaluate the situation? There are some instances where the order of protection filed is really due to improper reasons or lies or deception. Can you explain this to the judge? Can it lead to the order being dropped? Well, whether your partner or spouse feels that the issue of the order of protection for the wrong reason, there are immediate regrets for people doing this. Reversing the order, it requires a little more steps than initially to get the order. When someone that, uh, say a spouse or partner, feels that the situation requires the need for direct distance between the two, he may contact the judge through, you know, their own channels and really explain their unique situation. Sometimes there's, there's evidence given to a judge, so he may ensure the safety of the individual. And this could require a full order, or one that keeps the other party from contacting the other one. But what is an order of protection? There are really two types that can really affect a victim and we'll call them the, the target. When the spouse or partner feels that the safety needs are guaranteed by law, they may require a full order that really keeps the other person completely away from them. Get away, don't even come near me. 
This pretty much provides no contact, no communication, no presence within a certain number of feet at all. And sometimes it's hundreds of yards, a football field. But some have no contact or have very little communication. And that's very important for certain orders. It includes no violence, no emotional actions and speech. And it also affects the person that has the order in so many ways. What are the reasons behind the order of protection? And again, you already know, you can hit me up at canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. But when someone contacts a judge and has an order of protection issued, the reason may not be legitimate or even valid. Some people have orders against a person due to the heat of the moment. And they may regret it the next day or even a week later. Other ends up, some people listen to people that get in their friggin' ear and they talk them into getting the order because some people can't mind their business. Sometimes a heated discussion between a married couple or someone in a relationship that don't agree on something, sometimes that'll constitute an order of protection. Others may use, may use just the... Uh, the ammunition of the order to increase chances of getting custody or getting more money out of a divorce. Let me frivolously put an order of protection against him and he'll automatically look bad. But this shit gets complicated. These orders can increase if there's other matters attached. If there's domestic or abuse or if the other party proves Guiltiness in criminal charges. The order can remain until the, the person pretty much is able to provide his or her innocence. Until you can prove you don't need this order, it's staying. Sometimes they're concerned through the criminal courts. Because the person that issued the order of protection has really very little to say how the case progresses. But then lifting the order is pretty much next to impossible. Unless the case gets dropped. Or it concludes with a, with a not guilty verdict by a judge or jury. But once you go to this point by getting an order of protection. Make sure you really need it. Because it hurts the people that are trying to get the order. And can't get one now because judges are just sick of it. People come in, they get an order and then they want to drop the order. Can you drop an order of protection? Yeah. But if the criminal courts don't have a claim against the target of the order, the matter is pretty much less complicated. And it really, it's going to provide an opportunity to have it dropped. But now, if there's no criminal charges for domestic abuse or violence against the person being protected, or if they decide to keep the matter private totally, it could remain a civil issue. When the situation involves domestic relation courts, it's less difficult to drop the order at that point. The two parties have to agree to file a dismissal, and the petitioner for the order 
may drop. But if the parties don't show up for the hearing about a drop, it no longer remains valid. Without a prosecuting lawyer to really pursue the case, there's really no need to keep an order of protection. If nobody has an interest in the order remaining on, so it's up to the spouse or the partner, really, to keep the active status of the order alive if you want this to stay a continuing order. But without the person dropping the order, it's really less of an ordeal. Can you drop the order through legal support? Like hiring a lawyer. I tell everybody my number one piece of advice, hire an attorney. Don't do this on your own. It's really an important piece of knowledge. It's a very important tool to know what to do to drop a protective order, what you need to do while you're on a protective order. So the first person you need to do is get a lawyer, then file a dismissal. And if the other parties don't want to show up for the hearing, that could also happen. But a lawyer could kind of provide other ways to explain and, and how to proceed with each case depending on the action of the protected party. But I'm your boy, man, and I hope this explained what you need to know about restraining orders, dropping them, getting them, just trying not even to get them in the first place. But you already know it's your boy, Mikey, man. This is Can We Keep It Real. Anything you need to know, hit me up, canwekeepitreal40 at gmail.com. And we got some promotional spots available. Also, hit me up. You want to talk that shit, drop that dime. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, man. Thank you very much for sticking around, listening to another episode, man. More episodes dropping daily, man. As much as I can drop that content to you. Anything you want to talk about, let me know. Can we keep it real? 40 at gmail.com. Yo, check out Apple iTunes, man. Leave a review. It'll help me out. I appreciate it, man. But we're available on nine platforms stream worldwide. Yo, that's what the hell it's about, man. And I'm trying to drop some stuff that you want to talk about, yo. Get at me. Let me know what's good. You want to talk that shit? You want me to talk that shit? Drop that dime, yo. Keep it real. Keep it authentic. And you know, keep it motherfucking 100.